paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! Welcome to Rage You Nerds! We are tonight the Super Kegel Bros! That's right, you have me! Chris Cagle, also known as Mr. Cack, joined alongside by my fellow Friday compatriot, my very own brother, Jared Cagle, to form the unholy union that only our father's seed could bring about. Uh, and that's us, together. <laughs> the wrestling, yeah. We'll go to the wrestling bracket, so... I got us a new little a new little screen to go to once I once hey. it clicks. Come on, come on, transition, transition. There we go. So we have hey. some matchups. Hey, so we have some matchups. God, my area back there is getting dirty as all shit. Uh, also, I'm on Mango now. Bud Light oh. Seltzer, Mango. I'm not getting paid by them, so guess what? It doesn't taste good. <laughs> but, I'm not getting paid by them, but I just sent them a bill. Yeah, I, I I don't think seltzer just naturally doesn't taste you know doesn't taste good. But Eveld, we've got some we've got some matchups. We've got some matchups. So for those of you that weren't here when we discussed the rules for well actually no one was here. We did this off screen. We didn't tell you the fucking rules. Okay, so <laughs> as opposed so as opposed to how we did uh, the stream. For the bracket with uh, the trilogies, we are leaving this more in the hands of social media votes. And because I watch a lot of America's Got Talent and I really want to be a judge, we are also going to be doing some saves. And there's there's someone I want to save this week, so I invented a rule so I could save him. So it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. So let's start with our first match. The first match is the the Here number one versus the number eight, and this one wasn't so much of a match as it was um, uh, someone getting a mud hole stomped into him and walked dry. Uh, so our first matchup in the bracket for this week. Oh, I guess maybe we should show the bracket. Should we show the bracket? I think so. All right. So let me pull it up. Let that me... way, people at least know what's going on. Yarg. They can see kind of who. Who the winner of this one might have to take on, which I feel sorry for. So here we go. Here's our full bracket. Here's the full bracket to remind all the folks at home. Uh, so let's control Z this. There we go. So we've got there we we've got the Stone Cold Steve Austin. So this is what I'm calling the gimme the gimme a hell yeah bracket, the region, or I guess gimme a hell yeah region. So the region that we're talking about this week is with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the number one seed. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, fun fact, is our number one overall seed for the entire bracket. So deal with that, people that don't like that. Um, we have our at some point in this tournament we need to get theme music. Yeah, we have our old brother. Yeah, we do. We have our old brother. They're, they're being really strict with DMC, so we have to be careful with the music we use. Uh, we have our old our old brother, or I think something like that, brother. with our brother uh, region with Hulk Hogan as the one seed of that. So Hulk Hogan, I believe, was our official number. He was either the number two or number three. Uh, number one seed so he so kind of like how the NCAA does their their brackets where there's an overall number one seed there's a, a 
a second one seed, a third one seed, and a fourth one seed, and based on how they're seeded determines how the rest of the bracket goes. Um, Ric Flair was the lowest of the one seeds, so you have the woo bracket over with Ric Flair as that number one seed, and then you have the Rocks. If you smell, or what I do with his? Did what I do with his? Maybe I did the if you smell. If uh, I if I didn't, I should have. Know. If I didn't, I should have. Uh, yeah. With the Rock as the uh, one seed of that region. Uh, that is the that is the Rudy Poo candy ass region of the bracket. <laughs> that region that region looks dangerous, man. You got the Rock, That's Ultimate Warrior, rough. Daniel Bryan, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Edge, and Shawn Michaels. Oh That's man! Rough. Oh man! That's gonna be a tough one. That is. I, I can see the Hulk Hogan one. I think I have a pretty good idea how that's going to shape out. Uh, Ric Flair. You got Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You got AJ Styles, Dusty Rhodes, John Cena, Sting, Booker T, Macho Man, and Randy Savage. Uh, I can see me getting conflicted at certain points, but I don't really a have... A couple points. I don't have really big, big thoughts about no, that. I think that, one's, that one's the, uh, I think that one's the one that will fly through relatively quickly. This first one, though, this was... Uh, all four of them are kind of, well, eh, well, I guess you could say all four of them are kind of, we could contest this. We could, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to say, I'm anxious to see what social says, because no. uh, I haven't looked since I voted. Yeah, so for this one, social media did not be kind to one of our combatants. And I think, I think if I gave you just a split second to decide who they weren't being kind to, you may guess it. Uh, Booker T is underrated. I agree. I think Booker T is underrated. Um, but I think, I think, I think I put him in a bad first matchup too. I, I, I'm worried about Booker T. Um, so Stone Cold versus Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man versus the rattles, the Texas rattlesnake. This was easy because social media unanimously picked Stone Cold Steve Austin to the surprise of no one. Yeah, I would agree with social media 100%. But what's uh, so awesome about this is Ted DiBiase's character is the one that like introduced Stone Cold characters. Stone Cold as the ringmaster, yeah. Yeah, uh, to, to WWE. Belt. Yep, and then and then eventually he spawned that because that wasn't really going anywhere. He broke away from Ted yeah. DiBiase. He went into the King of the Ring tournament. He, he won that. Uh, he had his big promo there at the end where he basically just told everyone off and then introduced yep. his most famous Austin 316 just said, I whipped your ass, uh, which lit lit the world on fire. And then Stone Cold was never, never turned away after that. Uh, Ted is a better manager than wrestler. I agree with that, Travis. I agree with that. But no, yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. And, 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 you know, and, uh, you, you can see he just, he had a character that he played. Uh, not that he was a bad wrestler, but he had a character that he played. It's like he was uh, he reminds me so much of Bobby Heenan on the side of the ring where, you know, he's 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 there to distract the ref. He's there to cause mischief. Not that he wasn't a good wrestler, but, yeah, I, I agree 100 uh, percent with uh, TJ there. He was definitely a better manager. Um, and at one point, Money Inc., I guess, had uh, uh, Tatanka, um, yeah, Million Dollar Man. um or the ringmaster, sorry. Um, and who else? There, there was a, there was a, there was one more. I thought, uh, one, two, three, kid, one, two, three, kid. He had the one, two, three, kid. Yeah, uh, that because they all sold out. Uh, but no, there's in a straight up match, DiBiase at his best, Stone Cold at his worst. Stone Cold wins this. Let's see. You said background music. Let me see if I can find some background music. 
There we go. A little background. A little, just a little something in the background. Money, 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 money. money. Listen. Money. You know what? No, actually, screw it. Sorry, sorry. This random background music. Listen, we got to do this. We got to do this. What do we got here? We got to do this right got? quick, and not too long. Not too long. Not too long. <laughs> Something iconic. About oh, the glass, the glass break. breaking. Oh, yeah. the glass breaking, man. So this one's super. This one I feel like is super easy. This one is not going to be too much of a contest. Stone Cold Steve Austin's the winner, unless you want to use a save to save him. I, I no. believe. I believe we have our winner with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do not want to use a save. All right, so we got. What I will do though is update it on my bracket over here, which you cannot see. So we've got that match decided. Stone Cold takes it. Match number two, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more contention there, right? So we've got. So I could I could see how like a. The intro just flashed me back to N64. So I'll say this about Stone Cold, I am not a fan of the of the disturbed version, like the disturbed remix, right. where it's like, where it's like they in, they incorporate get down with the sickness in there. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of what like mid two thousands did with a lot of wrestling theme music. Yeah, like the Undertaker's American Badass. I was not a fan of that. Um, just no. leave it as is. So this one I think is interesting because I think on a body of work and maybe an older demographic, maybe Jake the Snake holds more of a of a passion to the heart there. Um, but for for a younger audience, I think Mick Foley clearly takes this one right. You know, it's it's to me. I don't know. I feel like it. It's one of those that could go both ways because I I look at the body of work for Jake, the, but at the same time I also look at what he's done, and I just I cannot see Jake the Snake throughout his career was a mid card. At <clears throat> I think you have Mick Foley, whether it be Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, or Mankind was never in the bottom lineup. I think maybe when he came back as Cactus Jack. But I always felt like Jake the Snake was a mid-card. Always. Like, he never... He, I think the... I don't even know if he went ever went for the WWF or WWE uh, title. I know he, he had the Intercontinental title at one point. Um, but I just... I can't see at their best. I, and I'm, I'm figuring them at their best. I, I just still cannot see Jake the Snake beating when I when I, when I think Mick Foley I think Mankind I just can't see Jake the Snake winning this match if it was a straight up match both of them at their prime I can't see Jake winning winning the match yeah uh, so I think with this one again social media didn't have too much of a difference in opinion it was seventy five percent to twenty five percent in favor of of Mick Foley. I have no reason not to not to agree with what social media is saying. I think for me, it's so interesting. The story of Mick Foley is so interesting because Mick Foley seemed like he was a big deal when he was introduced as the Mankind um, character where he was in the boiler room. They were setting him up for this feud with Undertaker. Paul Bearer was kind of playing into his, um, yeah. his introduction. There was a lot there. And then his character kind of faded. And then it seemed like during the the, right. the days of, of the Monday Night Wars where WCW was winning, Mick Foley was like all of a sudden 
thrust into the into the spotlight as a major character and, and really one of the turning points of the Monday Night Wars was Eric Bischoff having having WCW's announce crew read off that on Raw because it was previously recorded the raw was previously recorded yeah. and they announced don't tune into that because it turns out you know mankind mick foley is going to win a championship there who gives a shit and what people did is they tuned in to watch mankind win this and then all of a sudden you have foley is you have the foley is good signs which are then turned into foley is god signs and you get you get his yeah. thumbs up and his like his little like side head smile thing going on. You you like I've created this randomly weird phenomenon for a character that maybe shouldn't have gotten as big as he did. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna side no, with that, I'm gonna side with the people fair. here. I think I think we have a winner. I think. Yeah, I think so. And I just, and nothing against Jake the Snake, but I just I feel like again, character driven performances. What did Jake the Snake really do other than bring a snake to the ring? The Undertaker beat him in WrestleMania 8, one of his first matches. You know, so did we freeze up? No. Oh, okay. I looked frozen on my end. Um, so I don't know what's going on. So I think you're, I think you're getting like a little, a little glitchy. A little glitchy. Jake the Snake is, is nothing without his actual snake. That's a fair point. Right. That's a fair point. Right. I mean, he's he's so he's back. He's made a return in AEW, and like one of the things he did is he brought a snake with him, like his third or second actual live appearance on the show. So I mean, yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair thing to say. The snake is what makes that character, and maybe the snake's more like maybe the snake's more of an important character piece for him. Okay, so right. this this matchup, I mean, this matchup, this next one, maybe things get a little bit more real. So we've got The Undertaker, our two versus seven seed. The Undertaker versus Bill Goldberg. Now, social media, social media went in the majority favor for Undertaker. It was 67% to 33%. But I feel like that doesn't do justice to the actual conversation you're having, where you're essentially talking about two characters that had built a streak. You had two characters that were essentially carrying their promotions during the Monday Night Wars, right? So I know Stone Cold Steve Austin was yes. like the big thing, but Undertaker was still a prom, like a predominant player in all of that. And then, you know, Goldberg, I would say, had me tuning into WCW because I wanted to see if he kept winning because he got to like, what, 100 and, 100 and something wins? I don't know. It was stupid, but yeah. <laughs> Rock Your Face says, you could honestly trot out any old man with a snake and I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, mean, that, I have the same problem. That's, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong with that that idea. <laughs> no, so um, <clears throat> I guess for me, as far as this one goes, um, Undertaker kind of is the one who has that sort of... Um, because he has that legacy of the phenom, so to speak, um, it's just one of those that's like how, based on body of work, because Goldberg did a lot of his ass kicking in WCW against, uh, I don't want to say nobody's, because he beat some, you know, he beat good people, but I just can't see, these are the two, because they're old guys, that I look at careers and I say, who had a better career who could beat, 
in a straight up in their prime who could beat who and i still i still just think it has to be taker i just i can't i can't rule against him yeah so i think i think listen it won't always be the case cuz cuz i think a lot of a lot of where i go is going to be a balance between the character and the actual wrestling of the wrestler and i think yeah i think character wise prime goldberg prime taker you could have a really good conversation where it's probably really close maybe closer than than what some would think i think because like goldberg was a really big character and he said three fucking words so yeah <laughs> at, at most at most other than that i think he said well he said two word who's next and like that was that was the essential center stone of what his character said and people got freaked out of their mind all they heard was someone knocking on a door him opening up the door, snarling, and then being trotted out by state troopers or law enforcement <laughs> to pyro that was really cool. And he like right. did the kick spit thing, and then he went and beat someone in two seconds, and people <clears throat> lost their mind for it. And I was one yeah. of those people that like, that's cool. Like what he's doing is so different than what I've seen from other wrestling um, performers. So, but yeah, but I think Undertaker, Undertaker's the better wrestler. I agree. In his prime, so Undertaker's quick. doing awesome things. Uh, Goldberg had a spear, a jackhammer, and maybe a clothesline that wasn't all that great. That's I, I agree with TJ. I agree with TJ. I, I never thought he was that great of a wrestler, too. But hey, on that note real quick, if you want to expound on that, I'll be right back. i got to take care of something real quick. Okay, well, I'm going to announce that the Undertaker is the winner. Okay. So, winner, winner, chicken dinner to the Undertaker. Um... Now, what I think is an interesting thing, and what, I, what I'm very... So, like, I don't know if people are keeping score at home with their brackets, but based on the bracket right now, show me a list of every wrestler he pinned in his streak. Yeah, so I think I, you're going to get a lot of note. You're going to get a lot of garbage wrestlers. Um, you're going to get a lot of garbage wrestlers, and then eventually you'll hit some of the upper, the upper mid-card of WCW, and then eventually you start to crack into the, uh, into the NWO order, right? And then, and then there's the big screw job. Then there's the big screw job, but I mean, I get it. It still was entertaining. TJ, don't take away the entertainment value of that from me. But in Undertaker's streak, he definitely pinned more, more of a you know, a, definitely a higher variety. But what I'm excited about this means for the round two action of the uh, Give Me a Hell Yeah region, we're going to have Undertaker versus Mankind. Uh, so I think that is awesome that we're going to have the hell in the cell. The men that made the hell in the cell what it is today will be pairing off in the second round. I also think that might be a waste, but hey, screw it. That's how the bracket worked out. So, brother, I don't know if you know this, but in the second round action of Give Me a Hell Yeah quadrant, we will now have Undertaker versus Mankind. Hmm. I think that's never been done. I think that's a real fitting second round, or that's a real fitting matchup to have happen at some point. Um, it's yeah, not just garbage wrestlers; they inflate a streak every week. On I don't give a crap, Travis. Let me have it. Let me enjoy his shit. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Damn you, TJ. Damn you. All right. Now uh, this one. Now this one. I do have have opinions on and feelings on. And this one was a was <clears throat> a was the closest of the voting this week. So this this is nuts. This is Andre the Giant versus CM Punk. Out of all the votes, it was 56% in favor of Andre the Giant, 44% in favor of CM Punk. And that just seems so wild to me. Because, like I said earlier, there's a big difference 
or not a big difference. There's things to weigh in what makes the greatest wrestler of all time. And I think one of those aspects is a character, sure. I think the other thing's the actual wrestling. Yes, I agree. And and I <clears throat> and I'm gonna say something, and maybe it's going to be offensive to wrestling fans. Andre the Giant wasn't a good wrestler. No. He was not. Andre the Giant was an amazing attraction. I know people don't like that term because it's used for Brock Lesnar, but get the fuck over it. That's what Brock Lesnar is. You trot Brock Lesnar out into an area that just hasn't ever seen Brock Lesnar before, and it happened when he left WWE for a little bit and went to New Japan. The Japan market lost their shit over this humongous human being, and that's what Andre the Giant was. He was a humongous human being, that you just sold on that. You just sold that he was bigger than everyone else. That his hands were the size of some of these wrestlers. Like, that was that was the draw. But, like, he wasn't a wrestler. No. <clears throat> and he, he, had very, he had very few moves other than, I mean, he didn't kick. He didn't kick anybody. You know, he, he, he swung his hands overhand and he picked people up. And he, he put them into, you know, holds where he was, like, squeezing the life out of them. Or he body slammed them. His main attraction, like you said, was physique. He's he was the giant, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and but that and I think I think a, and to be considered one of like you said to be considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, you have to have a certain wrestler, certain wrestling, <clears throat> excuse me, ability. Yes, the character, like you said, goes into it. But to me, I am wholeheartedly disagreeing with the fans on this. As far as greatest wrestler of all time goes, uh, and now by by the way, I'd like to go ahead and point out, I am no fan of Punk, no fan. Um, but you know, this is just one of those matchups when we're talking about greatest wrestler. I can't see Andre the Giant honestly beating anybody in this bracket, as far as greatest wrestler is concerned. Yeah, I, so I think. <clears throat> I think Rock Your Face has a really good point in in that where Andre and so and, and Travis said it as well, right? Where Andre is an icon. If you think wrestling, you're going to probably name Andre the Giant before you name CM Punk. When you think of like old school wrestling from the 80s, your mind is going to immediately think of Andre the Giant, but if you talk about middle 2000 wrestling, your mind's probably not going to go to CM Punk. Your mind's probably going to go to Edge, John Cena, Undertaker still. So I think I think that's a fair argument. I think I think the character of Andre the Giant is going to withstand has withstood the test of time and I don't necessarily know that CM Punk's will. Um that said, I was always a fan of CM Punk. I know he rubbed people the wrong way. Also Princess's Bride. Yeah, I didn't want to get into that. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like CM CM Punk's been in a movie too that was on uh, yeah. I think Netflix or Amazon Prime, which is actually a really interesting, um, which was a really interesting kind of horry horror thr- horry horror thriller horry. movie. Uh, where where he, listen at? listen CM Punk in his movie that he did I forget what it's called like uh, the the girl in the attic or the girl in the the upstairs room or something like that anyways it's something out there phil brooks is his name that he phil brooks cm punk is what he what he started as it it was a pretty interesting little kind of not too out there more practical horror effect movie granted it's no princess's bride princess's bride is an amazing movie i'm not gonna you know they're remaking on uh on this new app quibbly a uh a at-home 
Princess Bride shot for shot remake using all these celebrities? That actually sounds like it might be entertaining. It's going to be weird. Was... It's going to be weird because oh, I don't think it's a consistent ass. I, I don't think it's a consistent cast either. I think it's just like a bunch of people got different scenes and shot their own version yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> rock, rock your face. More iconic movie, more iconic wrestler. Boom. Um, so, so like I mentioned, this is kind of this is kind of so we are letting social media decide a lot of this. Social media is going to have essentially more say in this than we gave them in the trilogies bracket. Mainly because I'm not going to give you probably the same fair shake uh, when it comes to the <laughs> sci-fi series bracket. Right. Uh, We'll probably go back to dictating that as a trio. But for yeah. this, I wanted I wanted social media to be the ones that dictate this, and we just kind of commentate on it. But because I watch a lot of America's Got Talent, I've incorporated a rule for this where I, where myself, Jared, and whoever happens to else be co-hosting uh, on that week's episode gets a save option should they choose to use it for any of those matchups. And guess what? Our very first save option is happening right now. And guess what? I'm saving CM Punk. CM Punk is going through to the next round. I don't give a gosh diddly damn what you people think about Andre the Giant. I also think it's pointless. I think it's pointless because I don't think anyone's beating Stone Cold in the next round. So I don't give two shits who makes it. But I think CM Punk, I, yeah. I, I'm using, I'm, yikes, wasted. And I don't care. I get another one next week. <laughs> I get another one next week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like CM Punk. I'm not going to lie. I think he's, I think he's better on the mic. He's better in the ring. He's not going to have the same icon status that Andre the Giant has, but there's still people cheering for CM Punk's name right. during that's wrestling only, events right that's now. Only half of it, yeah. Like there, there are people. CM Punk's been out of the ring since 2010, and people throughout those 10 years he's been gone have been chanting for him at events, both WWE yep. and other. So that some independent wrestling shows get CM Punk chants when when things get weird. Who's chanting for Andre the Giant? Who who wants Andre? Like no no offense to Andre the Giant, he's he's big, but I think CM Punk has also carved out he's his not own winning the tournament. I think I think CM Punk has carved out his own iconic status, whether people want to admit it or not. I mean, he was no, he he's one of those assholes that was going out there saying that he's the best in the world. Someone disprove it, and I would say while he was wrestling, he probably was the top three best wrestlers in the world at that time if not the best wrestler in the prime of his career go watch him versus john cena at chicago the match that cm punk said he was quitting the company if he didn't win and then he won that belt and walked out that damn company and blew a kiss to vince mcmahon while he was in the chicago crowd that place erupted because he's a chicago mm -hmm. boy and like that match alone is better than all of andre the giants matches put together yeah <laughs> No, you're right. What's, what's Andre is. the Giant? What, <laughs> tell me what wrestling-wise Andre the Giant is most known for. Here's what Andre the Giant wrestling-wise right now, if you Hulk ask someone, Hogan. he got picked up by Hulk Hogan and slammed. And that wasn't even the first time someone had body slammed Andre the Giant. It's just the first time it happened at WrestleMania, and they really sold it. But it yep. happened before. <laughs> it happened before. <laughs> yep. So I get it. I get it. You like seeing spunk? Maybe I do. When I think about you, I touch myself. I turned off my, my soundboard, so sorry. Uh, beer drinking ability, actually. Yes, no, like, I'll give him that. Like, if this was a beer drinking category, you know, 
him and Stone Cold being paired off in the second round makes complete sense because Andre the Giant's story is that he, uh, what, drank 156 beers in one setting? Granted, a beer uh, can was like... Beers or a bottle of wine, or uh, glasses of wine. Granted, a beer, alcohol in general, was basically the size of his, of his fingers. Like, just a can of beer was the size of his fingers anyway. <laughs> so, like, his body could, could take a little bit more, I feel like. But yeah, no, he has legendary status because of that story. Like, I'll give him that. Still, I think wrestling wise, I'm going CM Punk, and I saved him, so it doesn't yeah, give it. It doesn't. It doesn't give a goddamn no more because it happened. <clears throat> well, if you didn't save him, I was going to because I just he he shouldn't. Eh, I don't want to say he shouldn't be in this debate, but he shouldn't be in this debate. I think. I think if we were going, oh, man. <sighs> Most iconic wrestler of all time. He's maybe, got a shot. maybe like maybe we're going like '80s cultural icons. Like if this was okay. '80 cultural's icon, him and Hulk Hogan would be in the running to sweep up shop, right? Yep, yep. And, and that's fine. Yep. And I can yep. agree with that. I can, I can support that. I just I don't know. I don't think there's anything appealing about Andre the Giant's wrestling. Maybe I've waited for this moment to to finally hash out my my actual disdain. For how popular Andre the Giant was. Not to take anything away from him from Princess's Bride. I really liked him in Princess's Bride. You know? He fought honorably. And then tried to smash a rock over that dude's head. Right. He did. <laughs> but so, like, it is what it is. But it is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, they make All six ounce favor. Coke cans that make you feel like Andre the Giant. They do. They do. They do. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So they absolutely do. So we're saving CM Punk. CM Punk will go on to the next round in place of Andre the Giant. Listen, social media, you got you got three you got three out of the four your way this week. That's better than any deal you got going into the trilogies tournament. <laughs> so just take it. Just accept what you're you, listening to. You you're then. getting a victory. Yeah, we just we just wasted y'all's fucking time. No, we y'all y'all I mean we sided with you on a lot of things. But yeah. we but we felt like our voices mattered more, <laughs> to be fair, right? But yeah, okay, so... I mean, that... Yeah. In the Gimme a Hell Yeah region for round two action, so we'll go through the rest of the quadrants first rounds before we circle back to this, but in the second round of Gimme a Hell Yeah, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin, the number one seed, versus CM Punk, the five seed, in the second round. We have the number three seed, Mick Foley, versus the number two seed, Undertaker. Um, so this is it's gonna be a pretty intense little bracket here for this quadrant. Yeah, I'm liking it. So the next <clears throat> the next quadrant we'll look at will be let's see. Huh. I just closed my tablet. I had this. Do we wanna do we wanna go woo or do we wanna go I, if you smell or do we wanna go with brother? I feel like we should kind of go with the. I think we should. Man I, I think we should save the Rock for the last one, because that's because that's the one that's going to fuck up a lot of people. There's yeah. going to be a lot of people I, torn over some of their picks on there. I would say the next easiest one would be the woo bracket, because I feel like we can on one, uh, two. I feel like two of those are no contest. All right, so what we'll be doing is to show everyone which side of the bracket we'll be going to now. We'll be going to... 
the woo side of the bracket where we have the number one seed of that quadrant, Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the first round. We have AJ Styles versus Dusty Rhodes. We got John Cena, you can't see him, versus Sting, who's also a woo. Uh, and then you got Booker T, uh, the five-time, 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 uh, versus Ooh yeah, Macho Ooh, Man Randy Savage. Yeah. That's what I Real felt. Quick. That's what I felt bad Real about. That's a tough draw because there's a lot of love for Macho Man. Just, to, just to be clear, we're AJ Styles versus Dusty Rhodes, not Dustin Rhodes. Not Dustin Rhodes. Not, not the artist soon to be known as Goldust, then no longer known as Goldust, and then that one time he appeared in WCW with his face completely white, and it was really weird. No, we're talking about his father. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. The Bumblebee. Nice gray on gray font. I didn't pick it, Rock Your Face. That's how the bracket sets it up. That's how the yeah. bracket sets it up. Damn Don't it. you judge me. Don't you. Only God can judge me. Are oh, you a boy. god? Because if you get asked that, you're supposed to say yes. I learned that in Ghostbusters. You're supposed to say yes. You're supposed to say supposed yes. To say yes. Like, because I don't know what would have happened, but if they had said yes, I mean, maybe Gozer would have been a little bit more friendly towards him. You know, that's really an angle that nobody's everybody nobody's ever explored. There's 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 a, there's, Winston, a, there's a meme. What if Ray would have said yes. There's a meme about it. It's a it's a behind the scenes picture with all of them sitting with the actress. And they're like, and she's like got like her arms around him, and she's smiling. They're like, this is what happens if they would have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> son of a plumber, it's the son of a plumber, the million dollar man, Dusty Rhodes, is who we're talking about. The American Dream, who went on to have a son who kicked people in the balls for his finishing move, known as Shattered Dreams in Gold Dust, who then became like the uh, the uh, Dennis Rodman of WWF, where he like dyed his hair green and was being led around with like a, a gag chain by Luna and shit just got really, really sure messed what up. What's going on there? Things got really hey, weird. So Eveld, Eveld, real quickly, are you the gatekeeper? No, I'm the keymaster. So funny story I wanted to tell you about this. Years ago when I was working at a hardware store establishment, it was getting close to the end of the day. We were ready to go home. And this guy walks in and he had some kind of bushy long hair, kind of like I had at the time. And he walks right up to me. <laughs> and uh, he, okay, preface this. He needed a, uh, it was either a car key or a house key. He needed a key cut. Anyways, he walked right up to me, looked right in my eyes and said, are you the key master? And without missing a beat, and this guy I've never seen before in my life, without missing a beat, I went, no, I'm the gatekeeper. Ha ha ha. And turned around and walked off. <laughs> you ever you ever thought about that the woman was the gatekeeper and the guy was the key master and you put a key in the lock of a gate and it's kind of like they were talking about are you, sex? Are you like Freudying this up, Mr. Cack? Is well, that then, what you're doing? Well, are you then, trying to introduce Freud? Well, because when, the when they do meet each other, they essentially, it's alluded to that they do have sex, right? Like, cause they both wake I mean, up. They yeah. both wake up in the exploded depart, uh, the exploded Dana Barrett's apartment. Like you can see New York out in the distance, and like she's yeah. laying all seductively, and he's like getting up, and his hair's all fucked up. And, and, and like the implication is they just boned, like they, they boned, they boned the ghost into New York. Is what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, that's. I think that's what. Uh, I think that was what, what. What was the thing was they had to consummate. 
in order for Gozer to appear. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I think, no, I think you're absolutely on to something. I think without that happening, the two dogs consummating uh, would have never wound up uh, with, with Gozer, and we'd have just been, you know, having Ghostbusters on the roof looking around and shit. Listen, the, the, uh, the cross-dimensional rip of, or cross-dimensional rift of uh, 1984 was yeah. literally Dana Barrett's vagina, right? Yep. That's what it is. It's Dana Barrett's vagina. No other, no, no other YouTube, <clears throat> no other YouTube little Ghostbuster. Oh, we'll talk about the insights of Ghostbusters, and here's some stuff that you missed. We'll tell you that that all of Gozer's energy erupted from Dana Barrett's vagina, and and then ghost happened. Hang on, TJ just brought up an interesting point that I haven't thought about until right now. Is Oscar Dana Barrett and Lewis Tully's son. So they never they, they never clarify that. It is canon. It is canon now. The vagina was the cross-dimensional rift. Um, right. So they've never clarified that. The implication that she... it's five years later in the second Yeah, it's five years like in the baby. So the, so the implication there is, and I don't think they sell it very well, but like the little nerdy uh, orchestra guy that she was with was apparently the father. I think that's Ooh. what they were alluding to. Ooh. Who is also, by the way, if you've watched Beverly Hills Cop Part 3, is Ellis DeWald, everyone. Wonder World. I did not Wonder know that. World. World. No, I, I did not know that either. But yeah, so I mean, I like. Right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, he listen. He's got long hair and no gun. He's got a violin instead of a gun, man. He's got, he's got a violin he's got the, the He's got the allergies. He's got that little nasal thing. Uh, but listen. <laughs> What's with the, what's with the, what's with the, is he well? <laughs> like, is, yeah. That's, that's, that's one like, of my favorite parts like, of the movie is like, Peter's, Peter's, is sick. Is Peter's okay? concern, Peter's concern for the guy was really funny in that scene. And that felt like that had to be like an ad-libbed moment where like he just kept referring yeah. back to the guy to make sure he's okay. Um, well, go, going back to the, going, and this was on the, um. Uh, she, uh, Sigourney Weaver mentioned this during uh, Josh Gad's podcast where they all kind of got back together, but it's also on the commentary. Ivan Reitman mentions it too. So that line where, where they're in the op, where they're in Dana Barrett's apartment and he's, she's like, you're more like a game show host. The original line was supposed to be ad-libbed and it was supposed to, I think Sigourney Weaver was supposed to be saying something like, you're more like a used car, car salesman. salesman. That makes more but sense. It, yes. It didn't, but it didn't work. It didn't flow very good. Uh, so you're more like a game show host, and that worked a lot better. So uh, they they had a lot of tricks up their sleeves, them Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, like it's hard to replicate something like that because there was a good script, sure, but you like had characters, you had actors and actresses that were just naturally good at riffing. Like that's most of your cast being SNL alum should do that in theory, but it doesn't work that way very, very successfully. Harold Ramis caught it a couple times, uh, with, with the SNL, um, alum. And, and that's, that's a credit to Harold Ramis before, you know, him and Bill Murray had a falling out during Groundhog's Day. Fucking Groundhog's Day. I used to like Groundhog's Day. All movies. I used to like Groundhog's Day until I found out that's what caused the rift between Harold Ramis and Bill Murray and probably essentially killed the Ghostbusters from ever reuniting again until after Harold Ramis' death, which is bullshit. 
in fairness, I think that's a lot to do with Bill and his Chicago kind of attitude. No, yeah, he's uh, he's he's like that's the thing is that Bill's notoriously yeah. a difficult person to work with if he doesn't like you, and he lets you know very upfront if he doesn't but like you. Not his brother. <laughs> well, yeah, no, not any his of his brother. Not any of his, his brother, brothers. Who, no, from what I've seen, um, uh, the guy who played. <laughs> Uh, he's he's in uh, Christmas Vacation. Gosh, what's his name? I just want to call him O'Doyle. Oh yeah, Mike. Uh, uh, <laughs> Michael Michael Doyle, Doyle Murray is that his name? Yes, yes, him. Yes, so uh, where where he's the where he's uh, uh, Chevy Chase's employer that yeah, uh, that yeah. that cousin Eddie goes and kidnaps and puts a bow on him after after also, Clark has his also, big <laughs> big rant. Yes. Also, the psychiatrist in Ghostbusters too. Yeah. So tell me more about this river of blood and Bill Murray. His brother looks right. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. No. There's what he's got like three or four brothers, and they've all been in movies with him. And then yeah. now, now he has like six sons, and most of them are movie movie actors at this point. So it's it's the Murray lineage is pretty strong. Also, none of his sons really look like him except for one. And that just that just weirds me out when kids don't look like their parents to a degree. But then again, I don't know what their mother looks like, so maybe maybe they look like their mother. But like his sons all look drastically different from one another. None of, none of Bill, none of uh, Bruce Willis' kid looks like him either. They all look like Demi. That's probably that's probably really Bruce. good for Bruce Willis's kids, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a blessing more than a curse. I think I if wonder, I, I often wonder if his daughter walks up to people when she was in school when they were like. Hey, Bruce Willis's daughter. Blah 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 blah. I wonder if she ever dropped the yippee ki yay on him. You know what? They because probably... I would. If Bruce Willis was my dad, I would drop the yippee ki yay. I would drop the yippee ki yay. They're probably like, I saw your mother in very tight clothing. <laughs> Wasn't your mother that Marine and GI Jane when she said, "Suck my dick"? Yeah. Yes, that your, was mom. Your mother that had a mom. dirty, dirty mouth, but she was pretty. <laughs> Your father looks Didn't like you also get naked in the movie. I don't know why I'm making the guys seem old now, but your 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 father. <laughs> Didn't your mother appear in the movie one time? Your father went from ungracefully balding to uh, becoming a walking live action dick. Like he's an actual penis, <laughs> is what he turned into. I still like Bruce Willis's appearances, uh, but yeah, that dude looks like a a big personification of a wiener yeah. walking around. Oh, he does. He really does, and it's sad. But it's also a way to say, I mean, if I look like a wiener, I'd walk around doing this all the time. Listen, if I had half the success that big walking wieners had, I <laughs> I would be happy. I would be happy. Yeah. Absolutely. If I could have had all of his bad movie roles, so like thinking, like, so uh, what? I feel like the whole nine yards might not be one of his best, right? Like, I feel like that one's a pretty weak one. Uh, yeah, but Matthew but Perry yeah, yeah. saved it and yeah. brought it all together. I get, yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, some of his later uh, stuff isn't fair, right? Like, like yeah. the, the last Die Hard uh, probably isn't fair choice, but I would do it. I would neither, do it if I got his money. Neither of the last two diehards. Neither of the last two diehards. Uh, Death becomes her. He was. You know what? I low. I I, I low key like that, and for the longest time, didn't realize that was Bruce Willis. No shit. Me. Me too. I. I. Because he has <laughs> hair and a mustache, and he's so like. And that's just. He's so emasculated in that. He's a pussy. Yeah, he's so he's emasculated in that. Pussy. 
in that film that like nothing about that <laughs> screams the Bruce. You don't you don't draw the diehard vibe right. from him. Yeah, you don't you don't get a yippie kaye motherfucker from him. You get a very nervous guy that's afraid of these two women he's brought back to life. I don't want to live forever. <laughs> that was Bruce Willis in Death Becomes Her. It was a yeah. great movie, though. Yeah, it's it's low key, but it's probably not one of definitely not one of his higher end ones, right? Everybody watching right now is like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Oh my god! If you haven't seen <laughs> Death Becomes Her, you really need to see Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Just to yeah, say that you've great. seen it, like you're not going to get a whole lot from the movie. Um, but I mean, I feel like you have to watch it. It's one of those. Go, it, okay, it's different. Goldie Hawn and who was was not Susan, not Susan Sarandon. Um, oh hell, Glenn Campbell. Yeah, Glenn Campbell. No, Glenn Campbell would be the guy from Hee Haw. <laughs> uh, no, uh, 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 no. Who are you thinking of? It's uh, it's Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Meryl Streep. <laughs> Where did I get Glenn Campbell? I don't know. Gosh, but... Yeah, you know that guy from Hee Haw? Oh, man, but Meryl Streep was so hot in that film. Oh, she was. Gosh, she was. I would have oh. I would have had my way with her back when I was a boy. Oh, Gold, Goldie Hawn character kind of terrified me because of her eyes. Yeah, because that's just what she looks like, though. That's Goldie Hawn, and I can't imagine how Kurt Russell has stayed married to such a psychopath for so long. But then, but then, like, Meryl Streep's <laughs> character wearing, like, all the necklaces and stuff like that because her neck was yeah. broken, and they just kind of, like, <laughs> twisted it back. So it still had, like, the, like the, the, the skin, like, <laughs> twisted and deformed. It's such a, oh my gosh, it's one of those weird <laughs> movies you just have to watch. That's what I remember. I remember when Bruce Willis walks in, and she's all like, "Cause her head's like, backwards. Her head's fucking backwards." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "Nothing." <laughs> that's a good, great movie. Yeah. All right then. It it didn't like that and like uh <laughs> that and like uh um what's his faces uh Mike Myers uh so I married an axe murderer. Those are those kind of yeah. movies that like. You probably have never heard of it, but you really just need to watch it. Richard Dreyfuss in that movie is is so great, and I don't like Richard Dreyfuss really. I, 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 <laughs> I like him in Last Steakhouse, Steakhouse, Steakout, Steakout, not Steakhouse. Man, uh, I, I'd go, little, I'd be all for a Last Steakhouse right now, though. Oh, gosh. <laughs> mm, I'm starving, uh, but no, yeah, Richard Dreyfuss, Mike Myers, the 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 comedy duo. That was so underappreciated in the early '90s. Uh, same way with the uh, Stakeout and the Last Stakeout with uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez. You know, people don't even remember those movies, and they were such good, goofy movies. They were just—we grew up in a different time, brother. Yeah, no, I, oh man, just, just the, the bad, the bad, like, the bad poetry reading by Mike Myers. <laughs> she is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then his and then his family singing S A T U R D A Y. I I so Pepsi back when Pepsi first started doing their you you get the bottle cap and you enter the points and you get like yeah. the, it was either Pepsi or Mountain Dew or both because I think they're both owned by PepsiCo. Um, I remember doing that and getting enough points to buy something 
to buy something through it. And one of my purchases besides a free t-shirt was a VHS of So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> and I thought that was the coolest fucking thing I could have bought with, with Pepsi points. And, like, I cheated. I guess it's not cheating. But, like, I would help Dad clean up the gym. And people would leave bottle caps under, like, the old gym. The old high school gym over yeah. over on, like, commercial, wherever that street's called. Like, the weird one. I've got some of their floor still. Yeah, so I so when I would help Dad clean that up, when we push the the bleachers back, I would either I would either pick up the bottle caps and like uh, bring them home with me, or I'd fucking unscrew. I'd unscrew some bottles and throw away the bottle <laughs> and keep the cap. I I was I was I was in it to win something. I wanted I wanted the grand prize. I don't even remember what the grand prize was. I think it was a bike. But then I eventually gave up and was like, I'm just gonna take the VHS. Of, so I married next murder. <laughs> I like that movie. All right. I haven't seen it in a long time, though. I haven't either. I'm going to need to watch that. I don't know where you can find it anymore. But, so, this is this is today's stream, tonight's stream, today, whatever whatever the hell it is. We thank you so much for coming with us on this adventure. I'll stop that music right quick. Uh, thank you so much. This was the Super Kegel Bros version of a Friday Night Rage, you nerds. Uh, so, we will, next Friday, next Friday, we'll still be talking about the wrestling bracket. Uh, we've got we've got another region coming up. It'll be great and grand. It'll be Ric Flair's woo region, and uh, Tuesday Tuesday we will. I'm gonna make Reno. I'm gonna make Reno actually stream on Tuesday because we have some sports stuff to talk about. NASCAR's doing shit. Baseball's finally got something figured out. And basketball. Or do they? Or do they? And then basketball is about to start up their season. Maybe the bubble. The bubble. Yeah, which Florida Inside. right now is. Which right now Florida's on fire, Florida's on fire. So I don't know, like I don't know if if that bubble's as safe as what they think it is. On Tuesday night, Cac and Reno will go inside the bubble. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, brother. One half of the one half of the Super Kegel Bros, Jared, my brother. I, your your wonderful, gracious. Other host, Chris, my hips don't lie, Mr. Cat Kegel. Uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight. So thank you so much, Rock Your Face, Eveld, uh, Travis. Uh, was there anyone else? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Rock Your Face. Rock Your Face. Rock Your Face, thank you so much for the biddies and sending me down a weird conversation about whether I would give fellatio or receive fellatio from one of my really, really good friends. I'm not calling him best friend, especially since I just said he would suck my wiener. Uh, Reno, so I appreciate that. But hey. But hey, but hey, rock your face. Next time, send food. No, I take money. Keep giving us money. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take uh, it. I mean money. Money. I'm sorry. <laughs> food, money, whatever. Send money. Eveld, have send a good night. Money. Have a good night, brother. And my brother, have a good night as well. Everyone, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, we'll see you next week when we're still doing nerdy shit. Woo! Go to our Facebook and vote. It's facebook.com backslash rage nerds. Woo! Go to it! Vote! Vote! Woo!